welcome to New Persuasive Words, a podcast of hope-seeking understanding. You're invited to listen in to an ongoing conversation about theology, culture, and politics between your co-hosts, Scott Jones and Bill Bohr. Regardless of topic, Bill and Scott offer intelligent insights and critiques, sometimes funny, occasionally contentious, but always remaining friends. Now, here are Scott and Bill. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 259, and I'm Scott Jones. And I'm Bill Bohr. And Bill, it is, uh, this is, I didn't really imagine we'd be doing this today, but no, no, I felt like it was worth it. Well, you know, we did our pre Mueller report release and we just 30 minutes. I mean, it was breaking speculation, as they say. (laughs) We did our own breaking speculation. I think we were pretty, pretty right on in our, in our speculation. Well, yeah, especially since no one paid for it. No, (laughs) no one paid us for that speculation, but I mean, yeah, we're nice if they did. So, uh, People's heads are exploding. Uh, Donald Trump has declared victory. They, some of his supporters did a no collusion march, as opposed to saying maybe we should do something about the Russians interfering in our elections. They No collusion. Yeah. It was a total which I'd, I'd said I've totally vindicated. And then he called it an illegal. He said Rob Mueller, he said he's a good man, but it was an illegal process. He said that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. You could say some things like that about Trump without the good guy part, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. No. No, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. I mean, this is... Uh, so I think in, it's interesting that the report, I think you and I both thought, would be less than conclusive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, you know, again, everyone's speculating, and uh, <clears throat> we are not lawyers, though we do play play them on TV. Um, so the idea that... what what's your uh, What is your hot take on the fact that he... At least, well, we're going. We're we're trusting the word of the attorney general. So I'm putting multiple asterisks beside that. But uh, what do you make of the fact that Mueller did not make, according to the attorney general, did not make a conclusion about uh, obstruction of justice? Why did he do that? Uh, I mean, that's a good question. I think that. Do you think that maybe they asked Mueller not to do that, or or Mueller? I mean. If Trump is the is the target there, right? Right, and you can't indict a sitting president, right? Uh, well, that's that's they people are acting like that is something real, other than a well, a policy. It's, but, it's, but it's a, a policy Mueller's going to follow. It's a like, policy. It's, it's current a, defense. It, it, so, I mean, I still think this is funny that something extra constitutional uh, is being treated like uh, the eleventh commandment that came down from Moses. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, because we, every, if it's common sense, okay. Yes, I understand why you don't want the president distracted by criminal charges. But however, although Bill Clinton seemed to be fine, he, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, he can multitask. He got more popular. Yeah, he can multitask. But uh, I think when I and I was having a conversation with this, maybe John and I had this conversation about this, and I said, "But all right, no one would think that the, if if Trump got mad and stabbed uh, Pence with a letter opener." And killed him. That well, we can't indict a sitting president. Well, uh, if it was Pence, well, we might be. We might. Uh, yeah. Some people might. Yeah, some people would say that. <laughs> Let's say stab Nikki Haley. Let's say Nikki Haley. Well, no, I don't want anything bad. That's happen, it. Better. Right? I'm just saying. I think there'd be more public out. Uh, uh, Rick Perry. Rick. Yeah. Rick's <laughs> All right. Because Rick you know, the, Jeff Sessions. <laughs> Jeff Sessions. <laughs> well, anyway, so let's say Clip. Yeah, let's say Trump stabbed somebody with a uh, in a fit of rage, uh, which of course we, that doesn't seem to be outside the realm of possibility. Eric, not Don Jr., but Eric maybe. Eric maybe. Tiffany definitely. Yeah, he throws something and accidentally hits Sarah Sanders and Sarah Huckleberry in the head. Anyway, 
No, but if he did a violent crime or say, you know, child pornography was found on his, uh, yeah. phone, we, we would think that something would be, you would say, or any president who committed something like that, that they would be charged because the president cannot be above the law. Right. I mean, and the constitutional, I guess, ar- argument would be that, well, then what would happen is immediately Congress would impeach, although immediately anything. Nothing okay? immediately happens. I, so if the, but literally, the, I mean, okay, so say somebody... Say that actually this did happen, right? I mean, don't you think Congress could immediately impeach? Nobody's going to vote not to impeach. The Senate passes it in an hour. I mean, nobody's going to say the president murders me. And then you remove him from office, and then you go to arrest him, and he goes to trial. But but don't you? But but isn't it all right? But that's a that's a political solution. So you're saying there's no criminal solution if the president of the United States commits a felony. That I think that's what certain constitutional scholars would yeah. say. And again, that might be I don't like. I mean, who knows? If it, it went to the Supreme Court, you know, who knows how it would be ruled? I mean, I think it's a problem either way. I mean, yeah, it's, no, yeah, it'd it'd be, it would be it would be a legitimate constitutional yeah, crisis as exactly. opposed to, as the, opposed to the everyone <laughs> say, we're in a constitutional crisis. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I so I think yeah, I mean that's but that I'm, that's I, like that's like the old Andy Griffin show, Barney Fife. Uh, they learned uh, or Gomer Pyle learned to do citizens arrest. So everybody's going citizen arrest, citizen arrest, yeah. constitutional crisis, constitutional crisis. crisis. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, you know, I you know think, what we need to do? We need to nip this in the bud. <laughs> nip it. Just nip it in the bud. I, yeah, I think that, the, I mean, that's one explanation of that. Maybe Mueller thinks, look, you know, the, the, proper, the proper venue for this to be litigated is Congress. And so I'm weighing out, you know, here's, you know, I, I don't see any case here with collusion. There's no evidence. But uh, here's the evidence on obstruction and yeah. and, and, it's, and it, because i didn't get to interview him right all right therefore i can't i mean i, I can't be 100 percent conclusive because i guess obstruction requires motive right yeah yeah and and so and then the other i mean so then it makes me think is bars editorializing so that then it's like basically well bar's done what he was hired to do yeah and bar basically i mean bar, bar said yeah. i'm not like i'm pronouncing there was no crime yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because if you can't indict a sitting president, what does it matter if Barr said there's a crime or not? Because it's Congress that would have to deal with that. Yeah, he just, he's, if he, well, I mean, if he himself is obstructing the process. But, I mean, he got hired. He, he was hired to protect Trump and he did. He's obstructed the obstruction. He is, he, you know, that's, I mean, I, you know, again, I think, uh, you, uh, you know, as I think, he's just like the the rest of the Republicans who, have surrounded this president. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think the thing about it is America made a horrible mistake uh, in 2016. And and actually, the mistake is shared across the board. I mean, I think uh, the Democratic Party um, really nominated someone, they awarded someone who, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, she's not the devil uh, uh, and she's not innocent. Uh, you know, she's I, I mean, the Clinton, th- the whole Clinton thing has, there was a Clinton legacy that has a shadow side to it. And maybe she ultimately paid for the sins of her husband, but nonetheless uh, they nominated someone who had served the country in many ways, who had a lot of baggage and who didn't, who made some critical strategic mistakes. Yeah, There's a class of people that are good civil servants or good she was a good a, senator. A good, a good, you know, good elected yeah. officials who are even good presidents who are bad candidates. Yeah. So regardless, I mean, the Democratic Party has holds a responsibility for that. The Republican Party has a responsibility for uh, nominating uh, probably the most um, unfit person for the office ever to hold the office. Um, 
and who, you know, it's interesting. I'm thinking that. Am Do you I know li- who the only president who has two living grandchildren is? Yeah, uh, uh, Harrison. That's uh, James Monroe. No, not James Monroe. James Harrison. Really? I think yeah, it's not Monroe. It's I Harrison. It was... It's James Harrison. Let me look it up. No, or, no, it's Tyler. It's John Tyler. Or John Tyler. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's John, John Tyler. Tyler. No, it was John Tyler. Sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. John not Tyler. James. Not, not, not James Monroe. John has, Tyler. He, yeah. He has two. So he had children late in life. His son had late. And, and, and then his children had, had, had children late, late in life. life. So there are two. And he owned slaves, right? Oh, point. yeah. Yeah, he did. So yeah. there are two people in the United States alive whose grandfather owned slaves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, so what? He was William Henry Harrison's vice president. Right. William Henry Harrison died. So was he the ninth president? Something like that. Around what now? was Lincoln? Sixteenth. Wow. So that's that's fascinating. So anyway, yeah. So we have two. So you have someone clearly. I think that's. Yeah. I mean, you could say I think it's not was not qualified at all. Yeah, and and I think who. Um, you know, was a con- was it was a basically his success was based on on a, being able to manipulate and con people. I mean, if you look at the list, list of failures he did, well, you're saying the Trump stakes weren't. <laughs> Trump so vodka. I mean, you know, he he took his daddy's money uh, repeatedly and and positioned himself. But I mean, you know, so there's a sense where the fact that large uh, you know millions of people bought into the lie, and part of it they were those reacting against Hillary Clinton, ready, you know. And there were a lot of people who I respect who were ready for there to be cleaning the house, but ironically, they, they I mean, I mean, you might have to go back to Warren G. Harding to find someone who was had corruption around him as much as, as uh, you know, as this man did. I mean, uh, uh, Richard Nixon became corrupt, uh, and you know, we we're still, you know, there's still stuff being, it's you know, it's open now. We're learning new things about him and Agnew that we didn't know before, but. Yeah, but nonetheless, I, I don't think you can correct. I think basically our system is built that elections correct elections, and so all the hope that the special prosecutor was going to, you know, be, um, you know, a Marvel comic hero, I, I think just. Um, and I, I think this is also part of the, you know, the twenty four seven. That's an insult thing. to Marvel comic heroes. Well, <laughs> you're you're more vested than that I am, but. Uh, uh, but I, I just think that that's... You're telling me Black Panther wouldn't do a good job. We'd be living in the next Wakanda. Did you, did you see the uh, when it was on... Uh, Black Panther was on Jeopardy? Yeah, the Black Jeopardy. <laughs> that's amazing. I know this is the right answer. Uh, yeah, no, so, so that... So oh, yeah, back I, to the original I, I am for Wonder Woman, though. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Gal yeah. Gadot was great. There's Wonder Woman 1984. Did you happen to see the Conan Abroad, where he shows up at her door? He's no. in Israel. Those are those are worth... If you haven't seen any of those, they're on... Yeah, you can look at it on Netflix. But uh, it's actually... It's really some of the best things I think Conan's ever done. So... Italy, when he goes to Italy with his producer, may be one of the funniest things I've watched in a long time, but he goes to Israel. The one in Israel, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's good. He's so, a person of substance. He is a person of substance. He's funny. He's very funny. In Mexico, he goes to Mexico to apologize for, for Trump, but he shows up. At I the, saw that. Yeah, <laughs> he shows up at the border and they're not going to let him in. <laughs> so I said so this, so this, so I think by preempting, like by sort of, Doing the summary report. No, right. you know, I get. Well, they needed to do that. I mean, I get that you can't release yeah. grand jury, certain grand right, jury certain, stuff, and, sure. and you have to do. And there's stuff still happening. Right. Stuff still happening, and, there, and there's national security stuff and other kinds of stuff. So I get that. And I think that this. But I think that, like, editorializing to the degree it seems like he did, which, who knows? We haven't seen the report. Right now, right. This is the problem, right? So right. I think that that turned something that was already going to be kind of both underwhelming and divisive at the same time. It's how can something be underwhelming? 
and inflammatory at the same time, this is it. Folks. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, but again, um, you know, you and I both said we're, we're glad, uh, at least as far as we know, that the president is not a overt foreign agent. <laughs> right, <laughs> so right. That's a good thing. I mean, the Russians. So that's that's a good thing. Now, that doesn't mean I saw the Supreme Court met secretly about um, this uh, company that's being. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that the Supreme Court supported the um, the Mueller team. Uh, so the company has failed to give over its documents, getting fined an astronomical number amount of money each day. So it's a, it's an international company that does work here in the country, and that's all anyone knows about it. I saw a picture of that guy that was one of the guys involved in that company. He looks like an extra in a Russian. <laughs> but yeah, the, the other interesting thing, too, is like... I wonder if it's Deutsche Bank. So the, the collusion stuff, right, like... With the Russian troll company and, all, and, and intelligence, like that's one thing. But then there's still questions about the quid pro quo stuff yeah, with and, Russia. And that's going to be looked at somewhere and else. And that's going to be, yeah, lots of the stuff will be looked yeah. at. Like just like the, 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 it seems like whatever's going to happen with Cohen and the, the, yeah, the illegal alleging, kid. Yeah. Ale alleging also that, that as Cohen says, that, that they reviewed his testimony, not just that Trump said, hey, hey, six months, never, not, never been there, never been there, never been there. But that uh, Jay Sekulow yeah. looked over his test. So there was obstruction of justice in that, not, yeah, not, not you know, and, uh, and again, if, if allegedly. testimony, yeah. if, if Cohen's testimony is Cohen's credible. Now, no, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out there. And, uh, uh, and again, I think that um, this is, like you said, if, uh, I, you know, it's hard to picture, it would have been divisive, whatever would have happened. Uh, I think, um, I think those of us who don't support Trump were pretty sure he was guilty. And so the fact that he's not guilty of that, though I think it's good for the country is not, I mean, you know, that's a little unsatisfying. It shouldn't be. We, we should want the truth. So, I mean, I think, sir. So, and again, I think too, there's no one persuadable left. Like, like the last election, you know, what, 80,000 votes, whatever you, you know, whoever is runs against Trump, as soon as they're nominee, they're going to get 47 ish percent of the vote. Like for, you know, Trump's going to come in with 47%, even though he's, his poll I numbers I don't are, think he's going to get 47%. I think once he's the nominee and he's head to head against somebody else. Depends who it is. He's, he's going to, he's probably going to get. In the low 40s. And, I mean. Mid 40s. Yeah. Whatever. What did he get? 46, 45. 43 four, i forget what percentage he got yeah i don't remember but either. it but it was so then you have like seven percent of the vote or something elector six, that's going to determine the election right and those people are the only ones that maybe are not persuadable or, or are persuadable or and these are people that you think about this there are people that went for obama then went to trump right yeah. and so are they they're probably winnable pennsylvania wisconsin right and ohio right yeah, like or, yeah. or, or, or michigan. michigan yeah yeah because yeah. ohio is probably a republican yeah. state now more yeah. So yeah, so it's it's uh yeah, and uh, and what are they going to think about this? So if the Democrats keep talking about Russia and everything, I mean, are people going to be like, I'm tired? Maybe the guy was. I, I actually a hard think time. I think the House has handled this pretty well so far. I think it's I think it seems to me the invest. I mean, there's rhetoric on the side. We all know that, but the leadership seems to be pretty dis. The, the Democratic leadership seems to be pretty disciplined how they're proceeding here. Yeah, I agree. Nancy Pelosi and, I, and Cummings. I mean, doing. you know, I think there's some uh, shift. They're all. I mean, these are these are. These are uh, little Adam Schiff. <laughs> these are pretty sharp people running this part. Yeah, so I think. I mean, the Maxine Waters thing will be good TV, <laughs> or, oh. <laughs> but nonetheless, I, I think. Uh, yeah. So, but again, um, you know, for good. I, I mean, one of the things that uh, 
we have to just again own that. Um, yes, it is. I mean, this is America to white to um, to elect a white, fat, privileged bigot and racist. I mean, that's part of who we are. Are you are you fat shaming? Are you body? No, shaming? I'm just saying. I mean, in 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 the metaphorical oh, sense, the fat cat. Yeah, we're overfed. You know, you know what was the what's, he's the healthiest president. Right. If he right. ate better, he would live to two hundred years right. old. Right. Well, what what did the, the the French problem with the Americans? They're overfed. They're oversexed, and they're over here. Uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> I want to take a brief moment to ask you a quick question. Do you like this podcast? Do you enjoy it? Do you look forward to listening to it while you do a morning, afternoon, or evening routine, or while you're exercising, or while you're caught frustrated in traffic? Do you tune into it because of the conversations you find here? If the answer to the aforementioned questions is yes, or even just a solid maybe, would you do something for me? Would you consider becoming a Patreon sponsor of the podcast for just five bucks a month or more? It's for a good cause. You can help this podcast and one of the many others I do keep going. And you can help launch several other podcast projects I've got in the works. So I invite you to be a patron through Patreon of this, which I think is an art form you're enjoying and will continue to enjoy. Again, any contribution is welcome, but for five bucks a month, you will get a shout out on the thank you roll call, which begins right now. Thank you, David Babico, Andrew Stravitz, Barry Stewart, Ben Crosby, Ben DeHart, Carol Clemens, Charlotte Donlan, David Norling, David Zoll, Ellis Brazil, Jennifer Spite, Jennifer Underwood, Jim Cress, Joel Wentz, John Schneider, Jonathan Butrin, Jordan Mossberger, Josh Redder, Kai Wittenpeg, Larry Rule, Liam O'Brien, Michael Butera, Peter Steigerwald, Samantha Konauer, Sari Graham, Simone Garabedian, Stephen Rowe, and Jody Stevenson. If you want to join these patrons through Patreon, just go to patreon.com forward slash Scott Kent Jones. Thanks again for listening. And now back to the show. So, I mean, I do think there's a sense where, uh, you know, part of, I think part of the, the, uh, visceral reaction to Trump is that, uh, he is who, he is who America is where that's not all we are, but that's part of who we are. And, you know, this whole thing, please with, conquer us. <laughs> but, we've had a good run yeah but i do think the fact just even this college admission stuff and it's not you don't even have to cheat you know rich white people or, or you know or whatever people who are in certain zip codes and have certain school districts their kids already have so many legs up on everyone else so this was just particularly obnoxious and stupid but uh um but nonetheless i mean i think trump represents uh you know we're, we're a country you know we don't seem to to do much soul searching about, for instance, what we've done to Iraq and we're celebrating the end of ISIS, but our policies helped create ISIS. And I'm not talking about helped, helped, <laughs> I mean, helped. created. And I'm helped. talking, you know, so the, um, I, I mean, I do, I think George W. Bush uh, is not a bad man. I think there's, he's a good man at heart, but he, but his presidency has cost hundreds and hundreds of thousands. Oh, yeah. Lives. He was not yeah. that he would not have the judgment. Of his father, no, especially, and, and, especially on foreign policy stuff. Well, and right, and I'm not, you know, and, and I, you know, I mean, I think George. I mean, I think there's a lot of folks whose who history are not going to be as kind to. One person, I think history will be kinder to than his. The recent history was was Jimmy Carter, who oh, yeah. over the weekend became the oldest oldest living, living president. president. Yeah, the only person, by the way, to actually the only president 
to do anything meaningful about Middle Eastern peace. Yeah. Yeah. Wrote a book about it, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. So, there's this book. It was written several years back, I think, called When Prophecy Fails. It's several, I guess, social psychologists where they look at different messianic movements. And there's one of their case studies is like this group that thinks there's going to be this group of aliens that are going to come, right? And wipe everybody out, right? And only. Uh, What about you mean like God had. had Trump elected to protect Israel? Well, no, I'm thinking, well, that's a different one. But I'm thinking like, so that it's like when messiahs fail, when prophecies fail. Right, right. So, and the only way that you're going to survive is if you're with the Cold River. And then when the aliens didn't come... Oh, the Heaven's Gate folks? It was not, It was a different one, I think, than Heaven's Gate. But maybe, it, it was. I think it was a different one, but a similar kind of thing, I think. And then what happened when the aliens didn't come? They doubled down. They right. said the, the aliens gave us a bigger chance. They started proselytizing even more people. Well, that's how we got the Seven Day Adventists. Yeah, I mean right, that's, in the Millerites. Yeah, the, the Harold Camping people, right? They always yeah, double yeah. down. So this is what I think. Like with the Mueller thing, is everybody just going to double down? Like you got Lindsey Graham saying lock her up. Yeah, and you got the Democrats saying Mueller didn't say there's that. We don't know. I, I just wonder is everybody going to double down because the prophecy failed? Yeah, I'm like, trying. I'm trying. Who was the the uh, uh, Anabaptist who uh, predicted the end of the world and it came and didn't and, and it, he missed it and he just was still happily praising God in the jail. Yeah, was that uh, Fitch? Wasn't it? What's his, what was it? <laughs> Hans <laughs> Fitch? Was it Hans? Fitch? <laughs> <laughs> Not Dave Fitch. <laughs> Neo, obviously. but no, yeah, no, that's interesting. People double down, so yeah. Like, I just wonder if this will really change anything because I think you're going to have so. people that are like, no. it's just there's so much hope put in this narrative, right? That well, I will, but let me do one thing. I mean, again, the, the rank, uh, rank and rank and file. I mean, my father, of blessed memory, um, his view changed. He regretted, uh, he regretted his vote for Trump, and uh, I think he voted for Trump. A lot of you know, it was an anti-Clinton vote. I think it was an ant. Uh, it was, you know, we need somebody to do something different. But he uh, was a thoughtful man, and he, you know, before he died, um, to, you know, not only said he made a mistake, but was extremely disturbed by what was happening in our country. So I think there are the the you know those rugged individualists, those practical, um, salty earth Americans like my late father. Um, well, you know, we do, I, hopefully more than a few of them are seeing things. I don't now the true believers like the hardcore evangelicals are doubling down and things like that, but they're, you know, they, they, if, if this is God's answer, you can't, you know, and there are some of their leadership is telling them that, you know, that's the kind of the risk that that's the risk of these prophetic movements. Cause there are people who do double down, but there are people, there's massive disillusionment after these movements. And, and that's the history of apocalyptic movement, movements. There's massive disillusionment as well. Like the burnout, uh, you know the burnout factor in in upstate New York, which I don't think they still recovered from from the from the nineteenth century. Uh, what happened uh, in certain Jewish? Uh, there was a yeah, there was a sixteenth century, uh, I think sixteenth century messianic figure and mass you know who turned out not to be Messiah and, and massive disillusionment. So um, I must have been Levy. I, can't, I don't quite remember, I can't pick the name of him right now. But that was you know there's there's movements throughout history where people. Radically lose their faith as well. There's the true believers double down and it becomes, it mutates yeah, into yeah, something yeah, else. Yeah. So, but uh, there are a lot of people who end up losing faith as well. So here's the other thing that I find interesting. Like Democrats right now are seemingly, I mean, you, you know, oftentimes you run to the base, right? I mean, yeah. that's just, but it's interesting because we've talked to this before, right? You know, the, a lot of the, this data came out when, what's the guy from Starbucks? The Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't remember his name. That yeah. was a flash in the pan kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I forget his name. But yeah. that guy, 
his uh, his candidacy, and he was kind of running for the so so like socially liberal fiscal conservative, and right. all this polling data showed that they those people don't exist. They ride a few of them ride the Acela, and there's not really that many. <laughs> but you do have actually a group of people that are li- socially liberal and politically economically liberal. They want more yeah. interventions covered. You have people that are socially conservative and f- fiscally, you know, economically conservative. They want a le- smaller mm-hmm. government. And then you have this other group of people that's substantial that are socially conservative and fiscally economically liberal. Like, they're, they're, this is the government keep your hands off my Medicare kind of thing. They're not, they're conservatives and traditionals on certain things, on culture, certain cultural things, but they're not against an expanded government. And, oh, they, and, and they have no problem with it, with the uh, expansion of the deficit. So. I mean the the astronomical. I mean these tax cuts, you know, continue to blow up the deficit. Which you used to think of conservatives as people saying we need to get the deficit down. Yeah, that's just that's not true anymore. That just doesn't happen. Yeah, don't really. But I, I wonder, like that. So the, as the Democrats run, I wonder: do you risk as you kind of go with the 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 sort of intersectionality crowd and go hard hard left on certain issues? Do you push then that middle group that's socially conservative but open to government working for them i mean do you kind of push them i yeah i i actually think this i first of all i think that the candidates candidacies and the stump speeches so far have, have been really positive they're about ideas they're not about attacking each other i i actually think that the it, when you get when it gets down to it the most important thing for the democrats is going to be find someone they think the best person could be donald trump i i think that's going to i i think you're not going to it's not going to be as it's not going to be a nasty attacking each other. I mean, I think there'll be some obviously attacking ideas and things like that. But I, I actually think this is going to be, um, I think it's a healthy process to rethink because there's a lot of things that need to be rethought in this country, ideas, because a lot of things are not working. And we're heading, we're really heading towards some fiscal disasters down the road, um, as well as ecological and other things. So I think, you know, it could be a healthy, um, a healthy time to think about what what's going to, you know, different ideas and uh you know, certainly this country has been has been so rearing to the right ever since Ronald Reagan. So many policies, and some of them have been Ronald Reagan, the quickest way to ruin Bill's government. Yeah, but Ronald Reagan. <laughs> but I think there's been not there's not enough critique about you and I've talked about that. What used to be, the right and left is oh yeah yeah. yeah so yeah. I think uh, you know there needs to be some corrective. Uh, so I think I think I think America will correct itself. Uh, now again, Democrats are capable of. Of you know nominating someone who won't get beaten or who will get beaten, they've certainly done that plenty of times. In I'm my afraid life. the light at the end of the tunnel is a train coming to run us over. It could be that could happen. That could happen. Yeah. I, I still think Trump has all. Uh, I mean, Trump is so leer. Uh, he makes leer look good, and I, I think so. I think there's going to be some kind of uh, you know. It's just in the, the self-destructive yeah, tendencies. The number of unforced errors. Yeah, like, just uh, alone, yeah. I mean, are 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 tough. I mean, and the economy, even with it slowing though, I mean, some of the projections are like, you know, there's some been some pieces written by people that do these models that everything, if the economy projections look that Trump looks like he's got a good shot to get reelected. But I think the problem with those models is you don't take into account somebody that's uniquely, that's so uniquely unpopular, even when things are good. Like, and again, the unforced error sort of stuff. So yeah, no, I, I think, but again, um, you know, circling this back around, our 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 system has deep flaws. We as a country have a history of of flaws and travesties, um, and things we haven't dealt with. The shadow side, and so sometimes the shadow comes out into the public. And so, yes, we can you know vote, work to get uh, to get President Trump out of office, 
But the things that he represents that are the shadows of this country that have resonated with people, I think those have to be dealt with. And, and, and it's, there's no political party, there's no right or left, religious or secular, who are free from the deep shadow that, yeah. that colors who we are. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Start so. with a man in the mirror. There we go. Jackson. But we're not referring to Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> we're not playing his music here. Thanks, everybody, and yeah. uh, have a great Monday. Yeah, take care. Bye. Hey, listeners. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of New Persuasive Words. Hope you enjoyed Scott and Bill's conversation, and will join us back here next time. Until then, thanks for listening, and God bless. <laughs>